0: Grace, mercy and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Good morning and welcome to St James's Church uh, to our Bible readings and our sermon. Our first reading is taken from Paul's first letter to Timothy, chapter 2 and verses 1 to 7. And Paul wrote this. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God, our saviour, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. And I've been chosen as a preacher and apostle to teach the Gentiles this message about faith and truth. I'm not exaggerating, just telling the truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our gospel reading is taken from Luke chapter 16 uh, and it's verses one to 13. Uh, It it follows on from the parables of uh, the lost sheep, the lost coin and the lost son, the prodigal son in chapter 15, and it's another parable. Jesus told his disciples, there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, what's this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. The manager said to himself, what what shall I do now? My master's taken away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig. I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do so that When I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each one of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? 900 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly, make it 450. Then he asked the second, how much do you owe? "A 1,000 bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill, make it 800. The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than other people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it's gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So let's pray and ask for God's help in understanding these passages jesus thank you for your promise to always be with us thank you for your word and we ask now that you would fill us again with your holy spirit so we would hear your voice speaking to our hearts today amen so uh, i keep saying i love the lectionary the lectionary being this the system whereby people uh, the Bible into into bits so there's a bit for each day a bit for each Sunday Um, because they do this in advance and yet God is so good that you get these coincidences come all the time so this week the day before the funeral of our Queen Elizabeth II uh, we have these words pray this way for kings and all who in authority so we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity there are many many parts of the bible that are nothing to do with kings and princes and governors and yet on this sunday this is our reading and then even more interestingly this reading saying pray for those in authority pray for your kings is set alongside this This parable of the shrewd manager, which is a a bit of a head scratcher. It's not easy, is it? Because you look at it and you think, who does Jesus want us to be like? You have this guy who is cheating his boss, who's been, who is about to be sacked by his boss and goes around defrauding his boss of of, of money, of, of income. And yet then he's commended like well done, Uh, you know, I commend you for your shrewdness. Now, I'm just going to say a little bit about the parable uh, because I don't I've never found it easy to understand. Uh, What's worth saying is uh, in Jewish law, you could not lend people money and claim interest that's that's absolutely against the Jewish law. You could not make money out of the poverty of others. You lending money is fine. But you could it's, you couldn't charge them interest uh, and profit out of their difficulties. So what people have done is they had not charged interest in money. Uh, they charged interest in goods. So they would lend some money, and then say so you can repay me uh this money um, or you can pay me in oil pay me in wheat and then it's not it's not money it's not interest but they might borrow 500 gallons of oil effectively to kind of to sell and to, to keep them afloat and then be paying back 800 gallons of oil now that's a bigger amount than they borrowed that's interest but it's not interest in money, and so it gets around the Jewish law. So therefore, you have a manager here who knows that his boss is breaking the law. That that's how his uh, profits come. He is charging people interest in oil and wheat for the money that he's lent out to them. And so, when he's told he's losing his job. Um, he's being maybe well, he's not even with, he's being sacked, isn't he? And it's like you're no good at my job. What's this? Um, you'll be out of the job. He goes, I, oh, I, I, what else do I do? How do I work? What do I ah! he goes, I need to, I need to make some friends and make them quickly. So he calls in those people who owe money to his master and says, "How much do you owe?" And they tell him the amount of oil, the amount of wheat. And then he changes the amount in the ledger. He writes it down. And the suggestion from uh, Tom Wright is that what he's doing is basically writing out the interest. He's reducing it to the amount that they actually borrowed at the time of the debt. Now because interest is illegal. His master can't call him out for it. Because if he calls him out for it, he would be admitting, I am charging interest in these goods. So to uh, have his servant, the person managing his his money, if he has them punished, he has to flag up to other people, he has been breaking the Jewish law himself, uh, and then deal with whatever consequences would come from that. And so instead, he doesn't punish the manager. He's like, oh, okay, fine, you got me. Well done. I, and so the manager um, has put his, his boss, the owner into a position where he, he can't be punished. And he suddenly has all these new friends where he has counselled their interests. They're going, oh, yeah, 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 Let me buy you a drink. Come on, come, i take you for dinner. Um, because he has saved them this much money. So suddenly he has a future because he's made friends with people by um, cancelling the illegal interest that his uh, his boss was charging them now again it is still why is Jesus telling the story Uh, and you get these words from Jesus where he says um, The people of this world are more shrewd and dealing with their own kind than other people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves, so that when it's gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. So you have Jesus saying, use what you've got. Use it wisely. Um, Be aware of the context you're in. Be aware of the games that other people are playing and work with it. Elsewhere when she sends disciples out, he says, I need you to be uh, as wise as serpents and as innocent as doves. And that's that's a real challenge, isn't it? It's the fact that we know other people don't play the game straight. People bend things and twist things. People take credit for things that they've not done. People um, freeze and exclude others out. Uh, in the workplace or there are so many oh I mean as we've gone through COVID and we've looked at uh, the way contracts were given out we looked at PPE protective equipment paid for that was substandard and has just had to be destroyed and billions of taxpayers pounds have just disappeared we are in a crooked world. And yet, Jesus is reminding us, you don't serve money. That's not the most important thing. Again, going back to uh, Luke 16. um, No one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So you have this sense of this is the world we're in. And the world we're in is twisted. Uh, People are crooked uh, and they're playing a, a bent game by their own rules. But you belong to God. And you will live in eternal homes. So in the meantime, use the material things you've got to build good relations with others, to... to to make a difference in the communities that you're in so you are uh, you're right with other people so that you are in community and then when the time comes you know that your place with God forever is assured and at the same time pray for those who are in authority pray for your king pray for your princes for your governors for for they are operating in this twisted system and some of them might be good people struggling to make a difference when things are weighted in favour of those who already have power. Pray for them. Pray for them that as they um, take on the roles that, that God has given them that they'll be able to find their way to God just as you have. Pray for them that they'll be able to have God's wisdom as you do. God asks us to pray for King Charles, not because he has power over us, but because he needs God the way that you need God we King Charles. It's going to take a while to get away from Prince to, to King. King Charles needs God's wisdom, needs God's strength. And ultimately he is King over. Well, the United Kingdom, although you'd suggest that he's a constitutional monarch, the prime minister actually makes the decisions, but he's King over a kingdom. But Jesus is king of kings and lord of lords. Jesus is above Charles. We serve the true king. And so therefore Jesus is not jealous. Jesus doesn't look at other kings and go, oh, well, they've got a big crown. Maybe we've got something to worry about. Jesus looks at the kings and says, bless you. Do the best you can serve the people that are um, under your care. And so as Jesus people Jesus followers, we are called to pray for those in authority. Because they are ruling and speaking in a culture where there are shrewd and um, underhanded people in all places. And, and, and King Charles needs our prayers. If he's to, to if he's to rule the way that he says he wants to rule, he's to rule the way that his mother ruled. I don't know uh, your feelings about monarchy generally, uh, whether any of you would rather that we were a republic with an elected head of state. But I go back to our gospel reading. Jesus says, Use the wealth you have. Use what you have. Sign petitions. Write a Member of Parliament. Uh, take part in demonstrations on the things that, uh, the issues that exercise you, that, that stir your heart. We are not called to be passive. We're not called to say, um, God save the king and just keep our heads down. We belong to the kingdom of God. And so therefore we've received from God. Power and authority to impact what happens in the communities around us. And So when we pray for King Charles, we pray with the authority Jesus has given us. Our prayers make a difference. Which is why each week we pray for this nation. We pray for India, for Sri Lanka, for the Caribbean, for uh, Iran, for Egypt, for the countries that we come from. The countries that our families live in, the countries we've been to, countries that are on our heart. We pray because our prayers make a difference. But it's important to remember that we pray as those who are in God's kingdom. The kingdom of the King of Kings. Tomorrow we'll have the funeral of Queen Elizabeth uh, and we will celebrate her life, her service, um, the example that she set of faith in Jesus uh, and doing the best she could Uh, to impact people in this country and around the world, we will celebrate her life and grieve her loss. And then we will continue to pray for King Charles, for our new Prime Minister Liz Truss for her government. uh, And pray that in a crooked world. They would have wisdom. uh, and They would be able to uh, Hear God's direction. And if they don't, we continue praying. But maybe we also petition, we also demonstrate. We use what God has given us as part of that ongoing cry. God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Let's pray let's ask for god's help and his strength uh, for us and for those in authority over us let's pray lord jesus thank you that you are the king you are the king above all kings Uh, and we thank you that everything is under your authority and so we pray now for uh, king charles we pray for our government Uh, We pray for all those in authority over us, that they would have your wisdom and your compassion uh, for all in this nation and not just a few. And we pray, Lord, that you direct us, that we would use the wealth and the resources and the gifts, the talents that you've given us to make a difference, to impact this community, to, to be part of seeing your kingdom come in the places that we work in our neighbourhoods and in our church family. Fill us Lord with your Holy Spirit. And thank you for making us one with you. We praise you King Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, If you would like to watch the funeral uh, in the company of others uh, from your church family, from the community, uh, the church will be open from 10 o'clock Monday morning. The funeral begins at 11 o'clock and we'll be showing it on the big screen there. So in the meantime, God save the King and God be with you. Bye bye.